0: What's up Kings fans, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Welcome in to another episode of Hockey Royalty, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. Today we got a very special guest, uh, very, very special guest today, Francisco X Rivera, uh, broadcaster, consultant for the LA Kings, LAFC for Swax Sports, FS1, Estrella TV, and Lux Fighting League. You guys, you're all over the place, my man, uh, but bring in the, the Spanish broadcasting to your LA Kings. Uh, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. And in this day and age, you have to stay so busy. You have to diversify. So that's what I'm all about right now. But I'm ready to talk about my time with the Kings, which has been incredible. Just recently, um, I went through my 10-year anniversary of going to a Kings game. My first one was in 2012, April 5th, to be exact. So for me, this is great, man. I'm just going back to those times. My first time there, I had obviously seen games on TV and had broadcast hockey off tube. But, uh, you know, for me, being inside the arena for the first time is something I will never forget.
0: Yeah, that's a that's I saw that on Twitter and that's what I decided to reach out to you and and see if we can get you on here and and talk about your time with the Kings. So let's start there. Let's start with your introduction to hockey and and going um, to your first game over a decade ago.
1: Well, my intro to hockey comes to when I was little and uh, my cousin gave me a lot of uh, Nintendo games he wasn't using anymore because he was too grown up for Nintendo. So um, I started playing ice hockey with my dad. And that was a great bonding experience for us. Uh, my dad has always been very close. He lives in Mexico, but he's been to, you know, a lot of Kings games here in L.A. He follows my broadcasts online as well. So, you know, that was a, a great bonding experience and, and for both of us to, to get into hockey. And uh, when cable obviously started getting more popular in Mexico, you know, along with ESPN, we, we would watch some games with Gretzky and Luke Robitaille and Rob Blake. Every once in a while, um, I remember asking my dad for my first King jersey uh, somewhere around 96 or 97 for Christmas, uh, because obviously everything in L.A. is very popular in Mexico City. Plus, I had a lot of family here in L.A. as well. I would come on vacation every summer. And um, I went to my very first hockey game in 1994. He was at, um, at a, um, a rink in Mexico City named uh, Lomas Verdes, which is still around, actually, and has produced a few players for the national team. Uh, we got to see the U.S. and the Russian Olympic teams uh, oh, playing nice. an exhibition game back in 94, which was incredible for me. Um, I had never skated until recently, until my 30s, but um, I can tell you I, I did like the sport. And the other you know, component of it is I've had family play the game, obviously, two of my uh, nephews play for the Mexican national team. And I have another one who played... Um, up until juniors in in Canada. Uh, He played with Team Canada also in the U18 and 19 categories, some international tournaments. Uh, He was a draft prospect a few years ago, but he went into acting and modeling. I decided that that was uh, going to be his calling. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, it was for me when I got the opportunity to be with the Kings, uh, it was sort of very uh, intimate for me. It was a, a family experience because I'm like, you know, this is part of my family. My nephews have played the game would love to have something to to share with them and to on to chat about
0: yeah i mean so who who'd you end up getting for your first
1: jersey uh i it was just uh uh silver and black jersey no name in the back uh yeah we bought it in mexico and it's obviously tougher to get you know customized personalized jerseys and you know you would have to come to la for that Uh, i'm you know every summer when when i came i used to get you know, basketball jerseys and, and things like that. But this very one I, I got in Mexico.
0: Nice, nice. So Although uh,
1: I can tell you, you know, going back to my first game in April 5th of 2012, uh, my wife wanted to get me a jersey and I got a, a retro-looking one with, the uh, you know, uh, purple and gold colors, but it had Dustin Brown in the back. And I chose oh. it. For me, it was... Was it going to be Quickie? Was it going to be Dustin Brown? But I went for Dustin Brown. That was so. That was my, was my first name in the back jersey.
0: Going for the perennial captain, uh, captain with a uh, two Stanley Cups, isn't any a bad way to go for your first jersey. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so let's get let's kick it back and, and take it back a little bit. Obviously, your family's uh, very enthralled in, in sports. Uh, but what made you decide that you wanted to go down the broadcasting route? Not only. Uh, for the, the English side with the Spanish side, you know, bringing sports that aren't typically broadcast in Spanish and and, and doing all that.
1: Well, Mexico City is very Americanized, if you will, if that's a term.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, yeah, obviously we love our soccer and our, our basketball, our uh, boxing. But, you know, there's a lot of basketball. We actually had a CBA team uh, for a couple of years. We love our baseball. NFL has been a huge hit since they started going in 1994 um so yeah i mean uh, we we love our american sports in mexico city and uh for me it was it was really like nothing i mean just like watching my my dad loved baseball he played baseball and as i said i have a lot of family in la so for me it was like you know baseball was like like soccer you know i i started playing both pretty much at the same time uh but in terms of broadcasting it was a, a very unique type of kid because I, was the, the, I had my geeky side because I, I did love stats and trading cards. But at the same time, I was a good athlete. So um, I think both faces uh, completed each other very well. Uh, so I was either with a soccer ball or a baseball bat or a ball, you know, somewhere in some kind of field playing or either organized uh, baseball or soccer. Or on the other hand, I was watching sports or studying baseball books and encyclopedia, encyclopedias. So, yeah, I was, it was very unique in that, that sense because, you know, usually you either focus on, 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 you know, the reading and the stats and learning or you focus on the athletic side. And I, I was very fortunate to, to get to the both. And uh, I was always that little kid that liked calling uh, the action on video games or in my head, I would be playing soccer in my house and calling my own game in my head. So um, yeah. I I knew that I was gonna be either an athlete or a sportscaster, and I'm very glad one of the two panned out well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you do a great job. I mean, I mean, my Spanish is not that great, so it's it's. Uh, but I I love the way you call the game, and <laughs> I think and I, and I think that the it's it's such interesting. It's a you know such a different style. Obviously, the in, the emphatic goal calls and everything like that that you hear in soccer and you bring to um, that you bring to hockey. What is it about? You know, calling a game in Spanish, that kind of lends itself uh, to you know such vibrato and 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 uh, that you see you know not only in the in the Mexican culture but in the in the broadcasting.
1: Well, something that's very interesting is that hockey is very similar in the way it's called in Spanish. Well, there's... there haven't been many of us being honest, you calling the game, but you use the fast-paced action. Uh, the way sports in Spanish are called are, are still very radio-like, if you will. Like you're calling every single thing that's happening, even on TV. But my style calling the Spanish uh, games on TV has been letting the game breathe a little bit, getting the fans getting, you know, letting the fans get involved, hearing the crowd and things like that, right? So you, you're building a climax, if you will, from a moment where nothing's happening to where you get a goal or a good scoring chance or something like that. Now, on radio for me, uh, with hockey, you need to call every single thing, obviously, and describe the action to the listener and make sure they sort of get a perspective. You close your eyes and you know where you, the puck is at, which player is on each side of the of the rink. And um, it has been very interesting because hockey is super fast, man. I mean, the first time that I ever called a hockey game that was uh, for the Vancouver Olympics, working for DirecTV Latin America. But we didn't travel, so we had to do it off, too. Yeah. It was very overwhelming because you obviously don't have, like, Statscast and ESPN and places like that in the Olympics. It's, uh, you know, it's it's tougher. You don't have all the resources that you have for an NHL game. And yeah. uh, and it hurt. It, it did overwhelm me. And I said, you know, when I started with the Kings, I said, you know, this is not going to happen to me again. Obviously, we have the advantage that we're pretty much on side for every game except for a couple of road games that we've done for the studio. But um no it's it, you know even prepping for my first Kings game I, I went to call a mug game myself. It was a Saturday against Buffalo in 2018. I just want to make sure I knew my boot my position, my perspective, things like that. No, I was I was ready when when I when I got the gig.
0: Does it is it the is it the tough thing also with the names. You know there's so many different nationalities and and the names trying to swing that in it's not typical for, uh, you know, they're not typical Spanish names. And so is it hard to like, uh, weave those, the, the last names into, you know, typical Spanish language?
1: You know what? No, because, you know, not only am I multilingual, I mean, I speak no yeah. English and Spanish, but I, I, I can hang in there speaking French and Italian. Um, and you know, my wife knows German. Uh, so it's kind of like, and for me, um, uh, you know, when I started broadcasting, I went into the English Premier League, the Spanish league. I do, I've done a lot of Champions League too. And one of the things that I pride myself on is making sure I pronounce every name well. Uh, yeah. For example, when I call the game in Spanish, I don't, I don't call myself Adrian. You know, Adrian Kempe. I don't call him Adrian Kempe. I call him Adrian Kempe, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because that's that's sort of like the Swedish name. And I remember having uh, one of my friends, the basis for Steelheart, Marchand Anderson, visiting us, and I'm like, man, is, does this sound right? Is it Kempe. Or something like that, and he gave me like the right pronunciation. And it's something i really pride myself on. You know, I, I try to make because I don't like to be called Fernando, or <laughs> I wouldn't like to be called Rivers or French. You know, whatever you know, misconstruction yeah. of my name, right? So um, I, I I like to give every person and every player and every athlete its own due amount of respect. And I think it's it's all about that. I I, I for me, I take it very personal and making sure I learn all the names right and And make sure I pronounce them the the right way.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely something there, and it, it's you know just really perfecting your craft. Uh, let's let's let, you know let's let's take it to the your uh, work with the LA Junior Kings. Um, they were in Mexico City and everything like that. What has that meant to you bringing uh, LA Kings hockey to your hometown?
1: Well, we did have a first approach back in two thousand and eighteen, and that was a couple of weeks after I started. And I know the U.S. Embassy in Mexico had invited the kings to come run run a couple of clinics. There were free clinics for the kids down there. The the embassy covered everything, and that was amazing. I think our hockey development department saw the potential of growing. And then when they reached out to me, and I started my position as a consultant, and you know, I said, "Well, you know, we have to grow this." And and because of my connections, because of my family, and and because of the people that we know in Mexico, we're able to find the right connection with Ice World Santa Fe, which is um, this uh, amazingly maintained rinked which is located inside a very lavish mall in in Mexico City. Just imagine having a a really nice ring inside the Beverly Center, for example, (laughs) uh, or one of the nice malls we have here in in L.A. Um, So, yeah, there was instant chemistry. It was a match made in heaven. Uh, Our hockey development department, Chris Crotty and myself, flew to Mexico City. They were nice enough to pick us up in a helicopter from the airport to take us right into the rink, which was an amazing, amazing gesture. Yeah. um we went down there just walked uh, a couple of steps from our hotel went to the mall the rink was there and they had a lot of contracts with uh, their national ice hockey federation for some world cups uh, both male female some youth tournaments so they knew the facilities had to be top-notch also with the mall being so stylish and lavish and having some of the best stores in the world you know you you, you can't have a loose style for example it has to be at you know top standards so, yeah, we knew this was going to be the perfect partner. And the pandemic obviously ruined it for us because we are supposed to go first uh, November 19, but we postponed it to, to end of March of 2020. And then we obviously could not go for a yeah. while. But the first time we were there in November, it was an amazing, amazing experience because for me, I had already started skating, but I did promise Derek Armstrong and, and the guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there on the ice with you guys. And even though, you know, I not, might not be a stru- in instructor. I'm going to be taking video or helping you guys with some routines. And, you know, for me, it was great because I was there on the ice, not only then again with my little camera, taking some videos for, for uh, a piece that I did for the Kings and for the NHL. But at the same time, there were, you know, they had me do goalie, you know, little scrimmage with, with oh, like 70-year-old nice. kids, right? When mm-hmm. there, there was a, a, this um, dynamic where there's some kids trying to push each, push each other with their butts until, you know, the the last one remained. And yeah. I was there fighting, you know, butt fighting with seven year old kids. <laughs> if that sounds not too bad. Right. But you, you understand what I'm saying, but yeah. and there was the, you know, there's this kid checking me from the side and pushing me down to the ice. You know what I mean? So it was, uh, it was great. It was, it was an amazing experience and just knowing, And for me, I'm very, very fortunate to, um, to call pretty much every major sport and every major tournament I've, I've done the Super Bowl. I've done the NBA finals. I've done a lot of FIFA tournaments. Um, You know, me, you name it, you know, I've I've pretty much done done everything. I've been very fortunate to do so. But uh, for me, at this point in my career, it is not only about making money and stay current, but it's also about how do I leave a legacy? How do I do something that's going to be there for generations? Or be proud enough to tell uh, other generations, you know what, I was a part of that. You know, I may have had, you know, a bigger or smaller piece in this, but I was part of it. And just, know, you know, seeing the smiles of the kids and the excitement and having former players, having Derek Camstrong and Brad Smith, who were just the perfect coaches to have with us, was, it was just incredible. And then not forgetting that we also had the Mexico City Junior Kings visit us in the summer of 2021, and we got Army to work with them. Daryl Evans got to work with them. We had about 16 kids coming over, and we had, you know, the, the Mexican um, consul, the General Consul of Mexico in L.A., Marcela Salorio, coming over, greeting the kids. We had our our COO Kelly Cheesman, a lot of people from our hockey development department coming and greeting the kids, taking a group picture. It was just incredible. So it's been a, it's been a good run, and we'd all, we've also been running some Zoom clinics because obviously we couldn't be there during the pandemic. So Army has done a great job of of holding those and getting the kids engaged. And we have like between thirty and fifty kids every session. And you know it's just amazing to to stay connected. So this is definitely something that will I will you know cherish for the rest rest of my life and I will definitely count as one of the highlights in in my career.
0: Yeah, it's it's awesome to see it and growing the sport uh, across borders is, is fantastic, and uh, it's also grown in the Latin community in LA. And I kind of like you to speak on that, like how has the Latin community embraced the LA Kings and how its gr- hockey has grown within that community over the years.
1: I was very surprised to. See so many Latino faces walking around the arena. I interact, uh, trying to interact a lot with with people on social media, and a lot of them, you know, ask me for pictures and you know, are you going to be at the game tonight? Can I meet you? And whenever you know time allows, yeah, of course, I'm I'm all for it. And then just walking around the arena and talking to people, that was a very pleasant surprise. And then learning from our um, our team that you know we have about thirty percent of you know Hispanic season ticket holders. We're the only team in the NHL that has close to a forty percent uh, Latino fan base, which is incredible. We're you yeah. know very far from the the second next, you know. Uh, so it w- was incredible. Also, learning that we have a, a huge, huge community of Mexican Americans, a lot of people that like the game and that may listen to our broadcast in Spanish but speak English as their first language, right? People that were born here. And I've been here for generations. That was very interesting for me to see. And another another surprise, and, and this is something very interesting because I, I live in Calabasas and there's a, a hockey rink a few steps from, from my home. And um, I've met a lot of Latinos there and a lot of people who are actually very fluent in Spanish. Uh, so that's been a, a pleasant surprise. And just taking this moment also to say that we are very sad because the city is looking into remodeling the rink and adapting it into a pickleball rink which is a sport that i'm not very familiar with yeah but um we're, we're actually fighting to save the rank to be honest and you know i try to use this forum now to to raise awareness for that mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's anyone that that's interesting supporting our cause but that that actually that campaign and that support group has helped me to even learn that there's more latinos also playing the game not only fans but people playing the game and um actually have yeah, this has been great because as, as you know it doesn't matter what what your role is in hockey. You can be a fan or you can be staff or you can work in the arena or you can be a player. We're all community, man. This is this is yeah. probably the tightest community of any sport I've seen. And I'm, I'm not talking about a team specifically, but in general, just the hockey fandom and community. Uh, it, it's incredible, you know, the, the love for each other. Like when I've gone there, you know, I started skating and started playing hockey. People actually take their time to get me into scrimmages for me to learn. People take their time to give me tips. And unless, you know, you get charged for it, people don't usually give advice for free. (laughs) It's Los Angeles, right? Everyone's out there to make money. And obviously it makes sense, but it's it's incredible. Just learning about the community and seeing how many Latinos too are involved in this sport is incredible.
0: Yeah, it it is. It is. So we got a little commercial break coming up here uh, by our sponsors, DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years of age restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. In Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. one 800 next up in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-79-7777. Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 100 bets off in Iowa. 877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 877 8 Four six seven three six nine in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text Tennessee Redline 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or 888 532 3500 in Virginia. 21 years of age apply. 18 or older in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee. Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Only minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com sportsbook for details. So, going into this season, um, obviously, all the fans, including yourself, were probably excited with the, the pieces that we brought in. Uh, Kings are currently in second place and making a push towards the playoffs. What have you seen from them this year? Uh, obviously, when you're calling the game and then when you're enjoying it just for fun, uh, when you get a spare moment. Yeah, it has
1: been a pleasant surprise, and um, besides my roles uh, as broadcaster and consultant, I'm also part of the King's Advisory Board, which is this great group composed of uh, not only famous and very successful people, but uh, great personalities. And you know, some of the amazing, the most amazing souls I've ever met. Right? We have rock stars and producers, and and CEOs and Hollywood directors. But at the same time, these are amazing people. A lot of times, we get some great information of where the team is actually headed. Uh, sometimes they do a lot of challenge holes with with fans as easy ticket holders. And the expectation was that this is this was a three year rebuild. Um, and that the project, uh, you know after that three- year rebuild, we would have a lot of money left to spend on free agents, right? So this is year three. And I think we all expected the kings to be competitive, to be maybe fighting for that eighth spot. Um, I also worked for NHL on their Spanish website. And they asked me my opinion in the beginning. I gave my predictions and I said, the Kings are going to make it as wild card, right? But I expect them to fight for eight, maybe seven. Uh, What I've seen this season has been completely, completely surprising to me, but it's been a pleasant surprise. The revival of the team has been incredible because, I mean, I started in 2018, man. Uh, You know, play wasn't great. Guys were not connecting passes. It seemed like the motivation was just not there. And I don't know why. I, I'm not there on the ice, but I, I could tell someone was, something was off. And this is not me as a broadcaster, but just me as a fan or as an observer. Uh, and then just, you know, this you know fresh young blood that has been coming from the ma- minor leagues and the Villardis and, and the Quinton Byfields and the Durseys, the great trades that, that uh, Blake has been able to, to engineer. I mean, because every minor piece that has... Common trades when you know we had that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't call a yard sale, but you know, we we trade a lot of our our historic pieces, like Tyler Toffoli, like Alec Martinez, like Jeff Carter, and I think a lot of the players that have you know come along for the ride, you know, the Trevor Moores, the Carl Grundstroms, the Sean Durseys, have been great pieces to add to the team, and I think that combination of veterans and and young blood has been incredible and very motivating for everyone. Uh, and I think that has to do with it. Uh, because when you talk about the professional level, everyone's good. They're all great yeah. athletes, man. But it's all about the mind. It's all about the mentality. It's all about being ready and, and willing and wanting to play. And I think that's something the team did not have in previous seasons. Obviously, adding pieces like Phil know and Victor Iverson do not hurt either. Uh, yeah, Alex Settler, unfortunately, has not been able to play as much. But, you know, he's been a valuable veteran presence when he's been around. So yeah, I think we're ready to fight. Uh there's obviously some matchups that are better. I was very surprised to see how Edmonton, for example, was a better matchup for us at Calgary, even though Calgary has been the leader in the Pacific for most of the season, right? But it mm-hmm. just seems that Edmonton Edmonton is more physical and uh, unfortunately a little bit undersized. We're missing Dowdy, we're missing Lemieux. So I, I think we can be a top matchup for everyone. And, and you know I wouldn't count my, our, ourselves out against any team in the conference. Obviously, you have your Colorados and you have your Minnesotas and you have your your St. Louises, and you know there's going to be teams that are tougher. But at the same time, I'm confident of what the Kings, about what the Kings can offer. And this is a season that I actually came a, a year earlier. I think I, I I expected this to be happening in 22 23. So I'm glad to see what I'm seeing right now.
0: Yeah, I agreed with you. I mean, I thought we'd be a wild card contender, but, you know, Denoe is vastly outplayed what people thought that he would be uh, Arvidsson there. And then you have guys that are stepping up, you know, like you said, Jersey Spence playing over 24 minutes a night as rookies, you know, with Roy and Dowdy out, uh, you know, the next man up mentality. Uh, has been huge, and like you said, the, there's confidence this year. I don't think there's any game that they think that they're out of. But, you know, if they're within a couple goals in the third period, they believe that they can come back and win. With win in 2018 and 19, you know that just wasn't the case.
1: Yeah, I, I believe so. I think you you can never count the Kings out. They've been the come get, come back here this this season, and it doesn't matter who you're playing. I think now that you're. In the last stretch of the season, and you obviously have to tighten up about teams that are not competing. Teams that are very annoying and very sneaky because they're already out. They have nothing to lose. And, like, uh, recent loss to Seattle, for example, was very disappointing after playing them back-to-back. I understand that stuff. Uh, but, you know, losing that game that was, was rough. So I think it's something you have to correct towards the end of the season and make sure you, you play like a real playoff team. Um, and you have some veterans that help with the experience. I understand this team is overwhelmingly, you know, younger, but at the same time, you have the veterans to, to push you and to lead the way. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we do have a shot, and you know what? I'm not disappointed if we don't get too far this year. I mean, I'm hoping for the best, but if not, um, I know we're going to have a lot of cash available the next two seasons, and, yeah, we're, we're going to be ready to, to make some moves, and to be honest, who wouldn't want to come to L.A.? you know that's that's i guess the million dollar question so you know i'm confident you know the team can land some great great uh, free agents in the next couple of years
0: yeah they have shown it's a great place to play a lot of ex players and, and current players say that it's a good organization to play for and and you you you've, you've uh, echoed those those sentiments uh with what they've done for the the LA junior kings and and your interactions with the team uh, what would what would you know? Calling maybe a couple of playoff games and a Stanley Cup mean to you? I know you have a very vast resume of calling some World Series, the Olympics, and 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 so on. Uh, but what would call calling a Spanish uh, you know Stanley Cup for and have your L.A. Kings on the ice? It will be.
1: I don't. I don't believe in dreams because I think that if I dreamed it, things like that don't materialize. So, but I would say it's a goal. It's definitely the ultimate goal for me. And just being able to do it for the home team. It would be incredible, man. I mean, um, we don't know yet about our schedule for the playoffs. But, you know, if we're able to add, you know, some games and and call the playoffs and going all the way, you know, it'll be an ultimate goal. Uh, And as a kicker, uh, when I finished my demo uh, to send to the radio station and then eventually to the Kings, I chose game seven of the 2014 NHL finals. So I had uh, Alec Martinez's goal call was like the climax of my demo and I got a chance to show it to Alec when uh, when I first met him uh, in El Segundo at the training facility so you know for me it would obviously be very very special to now now do it do the real thing I mean it's not a demo or a mock call now it's a real thing in, in calling a goal for the Kings. In the finals, will be everything, man. I, I can't wait for that moment to come. I'm very confident. You know that's that's gonna come at some
0: point. Hey, we had to get one of those goal calls in this. There wouldn't it be it wouldn't be a good show. I, I like it. I like it, uh, Francisco. And so, man, I hope so too. I think we're right around the corner being competitive. Uh, you know, LAFC is is doing good things this year. You might be a busy man come playoff time.
1: Yeah, um, I you know I probably have about ten jobs right now. Being very honest, um, a lot, doing a lot with Estrella TV, uh, serving as a consultant with the for the LA Clippers as well. Uh, boxing, you know, traveling to Mexico to go to Lux Fight League on, on UFC Fight Pass, and um, yeah, just trying to diver- diversify, as I said. But it just being on camera or being behind the microphone—that's that's something, man. That's that's uh, undescribable. It's it's a great experience. It's just amazing, especially. When you're calling games for the home team and the home team scores, it's it's a feeling that I that I will never forget. And some of the things that we've we've tried to do this season, in my role as a consultant, you know, has been obviously getting the right celebrities with us in the booth. And we've had you know singers, we've had um, actors, we had former athletes, NFL players, uh, a vast array of personalities with us, uh, models, and you know you know what we tell them when they're up there. You know, the only requirement to be here with us is that whenever we score, we all have to yell goal at yeah. the same time. And just, you know, getting that experience, man, and seeing, uh, you know, people there with you, uh, like a musician, for example, uh, an actor, then again, or a former athlete screaming goal with you, its that's priceless, man. And just being able to, as I said before, uh, transcend and and share that message of, of hockey with, with our Latino community has been incredible. So uh, we've tried to make it as accessible and as universal to everyone. And I hope it, it stays the same. So we I'm, I'm so, so happy about being able to to be calling King's goals for the last four seasons. And I hope it, it stays there for, for a long time.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's been great. And, you know, hockey, like you said, is a sport for everyone. It is the great unifier uh, being sports and, it's such a, it's a great time to be a, a Kings fan uh, teams, you know, playing well, lots of young talent coming in uh, Francisco. Esco Rivera, Thank you so much for coming on and taking this and doing this interview with me. Uh, you can find him at uh, FX FXRiver- underscore Rivera on Twitter, follow him Uh very uh, good content there. I can't wait to listen to uh, a playoff game with you behind the mic, my man.
1: Yes, sir. That should be coming very shortly. So thank you uh for having me and for all the hockey royalty fans out there you know it's great to be a part of the king's family and and can't wait to meet you all at some point
0: sounds good uh francisco uh you have a great day my man and thanks again for coming on thank you